Is that camera work? You're listening to the Simple Table Podcast, where we dive into complex, real, and relevant topics. Yeah, I, you know, so one of the things that has been interesting for me is um, I'm trying to bring language or uh, word pictures. I think that that was the genius of Jesus to be able to tell parables where uh, direct teaching couldn't work. And um, so for me, I've been kind of processing and meditating on um, what are some maybe real life applicable situations that would relate to what I believe that God was actually doing um, before the revelation that Jesus reveals about the father. Um, And there's this in my mind, I keep going back to picture someone who is, um, I've been watching the good doctor and you guys, you guys watch it at all. I don't. Okay. So, um, I'm, I'm trying to remember the, the two, um, issues that he has. He's, he's autistic Autistic and and savant syndrome, savant syndrome. Okay. So, um, in the first couple episodes or the first season, he's continually being, um, encouraged to get some help. And so I'm picturing someone who needs help, but they don't understand that they need help. In fact, they're, they're resisting help and a person that they can trust needs to build rapport with them. I mean, you deal with that with clients all the time, right? You, Mm -hmm. you almost sit and I would love to hear some of your process of what this looks like. You almost sit validating their current experience, uh, in fact, if you're if you can jump in at any point, please do, because <laughs> I, I I'm not an expert on this, but I'm just trying to create word pictures. Say someone is totally hurting themselves and um, everyone can see it, um, but they're 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 coming in with force, trying to to force them to do something different. And it's not effective. Um, and so. You build rapport. Someone decides that they're going to build rapport and they actually start to sit in their pain. Um, And from this place, um, this rapport is built where it almost would validate what they're currently doing. Everybody would be going, everyone who's watching from the outside is going, why in the world are you like you're you're just enabling this person to continue in their in their mess and their issue. Um, But the person who's sitting there with them, who sees the issue and sees what's going on is also building this relationship with them where they're, they're understanding their mindset, they're understanding their worldview, they're, they're, they're desiring understanding for the purpose of moving them towards health. I really do believe that that is exactly what was happening in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, when, you, when you talk about religion, religion requires, uh, I'll just use the word, it requires bloodshed, it requires sacrifice uh, for the appeasement of of whatever, whatever you're worshiping. And, um, throughout, throughout the, the near, the, the, the Middle East, uh, culture at that time, God's required sacrifice. They were either, um, angry with humanity or, um, they were, they were just in, in war with each other and you were trying to appease them. And so, there's always this mindset of religion that religion produces that says um, we need to appease the gods. And so the gods require food, they require uh, blood, they require anything that will um, just appease them for a period of time. And then maybe we'll get on their good side and they'll bring blessing to us. 
And so what I think was happening is throughout the whole, um, the whole culture surrounding the Israelites is that they're, they're steeped in this mindset. Now we can look at back and go, that's, that's audacious. Like there aren't, there aren't many gods who are requiring you to sacrifice animals so that they, they will pour rain down on your crops. Like that's just, that's not, that's not not in the West. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. And our scientifically, you know, yeah. Whatever. It so so we from the outside go you're you're dumb. Like how how in the world could you think like that? But that's that's the only thing that they know. So here's what I believe is really going on is that God in his in his love comes in and, and partakes to continue to allow that mindset to 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 be revealed like he he almost he almost takes on this uh, validating mindset that they have and says, okay, if you want to sacrifice, go ahead, sacrifice. In fact, here's what I think is really interesting is that, um, this, this feels like a long, a long explanation, but, uh, I just, I heard someone sharing that when you say, say there's a sun God and there's a rain God and you are, um, you have crops. And so what you do is that to thank the gods, be grateful, gratitude, you offer sacrifice to the gods. Whatever it was that you planted, you take a portion of it and you offer to the gods saying, thank you, uh, please do that again. Uh, yes, sir, may I have another? And uh, so this whole idea is if if I give to the gods, they'll continue to return to me. Right. It sound like anything else. <laughs> um, and so what what happens is, is if I give a crop or a portion of my crop one year because of the great rains that we had to the rain god but next year i'm going through a drought maybe it's because my sacrifice wasn't good enough so now i have to give something bigger and better right anybody ever played that game i want to do that someday bigger and better yeah i've heard people like get start off with paper clips and you go to somebody's house and you say do you have anything bigger or better yeah and by the end they you know come back with a vehicle or something that would be crazy, but um, I, I digress. So, so this this whole idea of I need to give something bigger and better to appease the gods, um, to where it gets to the point where what's your biggest and best? It's your kids, like your lineage, and so that's where child sacrifice actually comes into play. So now you have Abraham, who's thinking that God is requiring him to give his biggest and best his only son and god says go up on the mountain and sacrifice your son and he's about ready to do it and then all of a sudden the intervention of a ram caught in the thickets and from that point forward i think that what's actually happening is god is sitting in their issues sitting in their discomfort sitting in their pain and going um i know why you're thinking this way let's move you out of that and and that religion is requiring to appease the gods because if we don't do it right, they will bring wrath on humanity. That God is slowly pulling them out of that mindset into the full revelation of Jesus where he says, I'm, I'm actually partaking in this whole sacrificial system by becoming the sacrifice. To appease all sacrifice. To show you that God is so done with this that he would actually be the final sacrifice where he would, he would show this, this isn't working. Like I'm, 
I'm willing to give myself to this religious system so that it will be broken forever. And so Jesus revealing the Father, it confronts all of our former ways of thinking about who God is by saying, that's not who my Father is. Like, I don't, I don't just pour my blessing out on the righteous, but on the righteous and the unrighteous, the ungrateful and the grateful. Yeah. And if you do the same thing, you actually look like my father. So what, what are you thinking? Well, I'm trying to process that in terms of the counseling stuff that you were bringing up earlier. And I'm just thinking through if this, if this makes sense to me in my mind. And what I'm wondering is if what you're suggesting kind of is like, so with my clients, they come in. They're in some kind of pain. They're in some kind of hurt. Usually something's not going well. And if your goal is I'm here, they're there. And if my goal is just to get them to this place that's good and tell them how to get there, the steps to get there and all of that and just try and stay at a distance and get them to come to this better place, it doesn't really work. So when you say, you know, we call it joining and if counseling is not going well, just always go back to joining because if you don't have a relationship with them, if you don't actually care about your client and build a relationship with them and build trust with them, they're not going to want you to walk with them. Because what people usually need is someone to walk something with them because they don't know how to get there and just doing the steps or doing, you know, changing behaviors doesn't actually adjust the deeper things. So what you do is you go into that hard place with them, you sit in it with them, you're not saying it makes it okay or what they're doing is good, but validating feelings because I I think I believe this. I was taught it in school that everything makes sense in its context doesn't mean it's right. But if they're feeling that way, there's probably a valid reason. Or if they're acting that way, for them there's a valid reason, even if it's not valid to me. Can you give an example of what that would be like? Um, A really... A really intense example, yeah. a really brief one, but um, a story a professor told us about how this kid was um, in juvenile detention and he was eating his own feces. And you're like, what makes that make sense? He wouldn't talk about things. He, w- he just looked crazy until this therapist just started spending time with him, not pushing him, just being with them, like being around him building a relationship with him to where the kid finally started to open up and he was being gang raped by other other students there, other kids there and students. But the only way that he could keep them from doing that to him was to look crazy. Wow. And so by doing that, they left him alone. Wow. His behavior made sense because he was trying to get out of pain, but he didn't know how to talk. Like it was just this crazy situation. Wow. My point is when you're willing to meet someone where they're at you can walk beside them and walk them out and they actually own the steps they just need strength of someone beside them and then they can get to a place where they're making a choice later to own something which is what i'm wondering if you're kind of proposing we're in that place god's over here with this better thing and he's like i want you to have this better thing we just we could we want the laws and we want the rules and all of this to know how to get something better so we can do it all right. But what he does 
is come into our brokenness and our pain and be in that and submit basically to the lower way of living that we have looked for and needed. And he walks beside us to where we're taking steps with him. And then Jesus presents his ability where we now get the chance to ourselves own that and step into a relationship to where it, it is our choice instead of him just telling us what to do. Because when clients, I can just say, go home and do this and do this. And in your marriage, don't do this, do that, like change this and it would be better. But until they actually have a shift inside and own it for themselves, it's not going to really fix any problem, so to speak. Wow. So by God coming in and walking beside us and lowering himself to something that he's much better than. He's better than sacrifice, I think. He's yeah. better than right. so, than requiring those kind of things. But Jesus comes then to when we're finally maybe to a place. I don't know. I, that makes me wonder, like, what was the timing? Why did he wait when he did? Why did it happen when it did? I don't know. But So it reminds me of the verse, um, uh, for at the right time, when we were yet when we we're still sinners, when we were powerless, Christ died for us. Like there, there's this appointed time. And that's what I think is so interesting is that from the 30,000 foot view that, um, we, we may have felt like we were coasting down the river as humanity, uh, even as the Jewish people who were constantly being navigated by the prophets, um, navigated on how to keep, on track when they were when they were moving off track to go more towards that religious way of thinking that isolated way of thinking um, the prophets come in and try and redirect and sometimes they 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 say things that um, they say God says this he's going to do this or do that is that God saying it or is it our perception of what God must be like and God is submitting himself so at the right time Christ comes in and, and dies for the ungodly, I think that that is really interesting because that reveals something even more powerful, and and it reminds me too of Ephesians or Philippians two. Um, in fact, I would love to read this just so that it can really sink in through this whole thing. Let's start in verse five. Having this mind among yourselves, uh, which is in which is yours in Christ Jesus, whom though he was he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself by partaking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's this, there's this um, like pieces of the puzzle that start coming together when I think about passages in, in Scripture that start going, oh my goodness. Like, so he always was good, but we perceived him as evil when, or... We would never, like, you never want to call God evil, right? But the way in which he enacted laws or requirements towards people in our, you know, 21st century 
we would go, how, how do you justify genocide because another nation isn't a, a Jew? How do you justify these things that we read in Scripture uh, requiring, requiring um, you know, people to be cast out of society because they have uh, an issue of blood or all these things? And yet Jesus shows up on the scene and he's looking very different from all those. How, how, is that, how is that possible? And I think that that's what, for me, is just so beautiful. It starts making Jesus so much more attractive. Yeah, it's I mean the thing that comes to mind is just when you're when you're the person in that place of despair and and whatnot and somebody those that are around you that are trying to help you when if if you've ever experienced that of somebody coming alongside you and meeting you where you're at it's easy to associate that person with making them seem like you like they're in that same position or they're they're understanding and and they're not judging me right because we're walking together yeah and even it it's it's so interesting to to view it in that way because while somebody that that goes and walks with another person in friendship and and whatnot they may have the really great intentions, but if you don't know who you are and you're not grounded in, in who he created you to be, you can get lost yeah. in starting to, to try to help these other people uh, that you're friends with. Um, but this beautiful thing about God is he never forgot who he was. <laughs> right. He never, there was never that question of, Ooh, am I, am I actually, am I actually God? <laughs> Maybe, maybe I should start to, to act like there was never that question. It was always him walking with these people and they, they saw something in him that seemed more attainable from where they were at. Like he wasn't requiring them to jump from the lowest levels up to come, come up here. I've really set the bar high. Come grasp equality with God. Yeah. Come, come get it. It, yeah. it says the opposite of that. Yeah. It's he's he's there and just bringing them along in this place of, you know what? I see something in you yeah. that is so much more attractive than I ha- than what I have. And the way you're helping me get to this does not feel unattainable. <laughs> it does not feel like I have to just. But. But for those that put themselves above, like he's talking about the rich mm. and and it's yeah. why it always feels like God's condemning the rich, but praising the poor. Yeah. And he's not doing that. No. But when you put yourself above, you see somebody else that is down there with the beggars and the prostitutes and everything else. And they're befriending them and they're bringing them into a better place. And you're high and mighty up here going, Oh, how dare they? Right. That's just dirty and nasty. Yeah. You can't, you can't come into that thing because you're not, you're not seeing where you're, where you're at of, um, that you actually need something. Yeah. That you, you, you're just in this place of thinking I've got it all figured out. Well, and, and, and to, to jump off on that point, like, 
So going back to the beatitude thing, me seeing that as always being law uh, felt like an unattainable process. And having a form of mindset that God would punish where I failed um, felt so fear-based, which a lot of what religion is, and I'd love to break down what religion actually means, what we talk about religion, uh, what true religion really is, all that. Um, it, it feels like that that old mindset that, you know, like in Abraham's day, um, you, you, have to, you have to appease the gods. Uh, rather than understanding, no, God is actually coming down and, and displaying this and partaking of, of this nature and wants to invite us in to, to look like him, not requiring us to do something that he hasn't done, but showing us like when you live like this, there's a freedom. There is a, there's a life that you get to experience um, that, is, that transcends this, this current lifespan that you have. And, and I think that that's the beauty. It's not God requiring us to, to come up, but God coming down and, and living like this and showing this is what the Father really looks like. You, you look like you were processing th- something. I wanted to jump back on it. No, I think I'm just seeing that verse you read differently for the first time ever. Which verse? Philippians 2, 5 through whatever, 10 or something. I, I just think I always, this is probably going to sound really stupid that I <laughs> thought this, but I think I was always like, when I, when I would hear that, it's kind of a well-known one. Um, Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. I think I, I, I thought that meant something different than it actually means. What and I don't even it? know what I think I thought it meant. Oh. Besides that, um, I didn't think he was talking about us somehow. It's not like I thought he didn't think equality with God was something that couldn't be grasped, but I don't I don't even know what I thought it meant before. Huh. But just that that scripture's actually been used quite a bit by people to bring a a, um, a really kind of messed up theology of Jesus being lower than the Father mm-hmm. in this place of he's a created being and Sure. God made him the savior, but he's not equal to the father. I think that's Arianism. Yeah. I think, is that what that's? One of the the heresies? So So that one, he's like, it says, did not count equality with God something to be grasped. Like, it sounds like it's Jesus thought that somehow. Or that we couldn't, or I don't know, but but like that we couldn't, I don't know, grasp that or, or, or be that or something. And I think I'm just seeing it differently in this conversation even like he he is he was he always has been probably realized where you guys are at clearly all the stuff you're going through laws whatever you guys aren't at a place of understanding where you are with us and who we want you to be with us that you can be not i don't know that equals the right word but that you can be joined with us we want you in the center of our love that there's something so much more we have for you You guys don't get that so i'm going to come yeah partner right? and be join i'm gonna join with who you are and where you are and and still be who i am but you can't get it you don't grasp it so i'm gonna lower myself and i'm like i know that that seems so simple but for some reason i'm seeing it in a very different way right now yeah and and i think Mm -hmm. that even at the the joining of 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 man and and the divine in in the incarnation of jesus like when 
when uh, John starts to do his prologue of in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh and dwell among us. This whole idea of God joining with mankind in the flesh, never to be separated and, and pulling all mankind. So this is m- much more of the Eastern Orthodox perspective that while the while the cross is oftentimes where we say that something changed, it's actually way before the cross. It's at the conception of or the incarnation of spirit and man joined together, never to be separated from this point forward that God becomes in that in that sense. It's it opens up a whole can of worms of like, shouldn't Jesus, if he looks like God, be punishing all the people he encounters that don't live up to the law? But why isn't he? Because shouldn't the cross be then where like it's satisfied? And and again, that's where the conflict of, of our religious perspective of God needs to punish sin and Jesus going, I didn't come to judge. I didn't come to condemn the world, but to bring life to the world. There's this whole other perspective that he's flipping the whole script on our perspective of is God the same God that religion has required us to give our lives to, or as he joined us And this, I mean, think about other passages. Like my mind just starts to explode with, you don't have a high priest who doesn't understand what you're going through, but he, he has gone through it all and, and experienced it all. And yet was without sin. Like these, it's beautiful. Like yeah. it, it makes the, the gospel more powerful than it ever has been before and it's like these rapids where i thought i was losing god like i i thought i was losing the face and the voice of god i actually needed to because those former ways of thinking were actually only holding me back from seeing some beautiful more beautiful picture and it's exactly what was happening this this long like trajectory from the point of abraham to the point of jesus where you start seeing him dismantling all these perspectives and, and I think that structure has its place, that I think that Jesus or that God, the Father, um, through this whole thing, like he's saying, yeah, I'll, I'll look like I'll look like the, the wrathful God, um, but I'm strategically doing this. Like you don't understand the, the, the chess moves that I'm making. Um, some of these structures are actually to bring health, are, are actually to bring life, are actually to to restore your perspective of of God and man and how we operate in this earth um, to live in, in unity and in harmony with one another. Um, and, and yes, if you need me to, you know, kill something when you fail at that, I'll do that. But it's, that's not my best. In fact, you start seeing throughout the old Testament where he starts talking about like sacrifices and offerings. I, I despise, like I loathe. Well, uh, what? How does that make any sense? Yeah. 